Hello, hello, and welcome again to Quality Sense Podcast. My name is Federico Toledo, and I am so happy to have you here in the show. I have another interview to share with all of you. I was introduced to today's guest, Katia Aronov, by our dear friend Tristan Lombard over at Test Team, an extremely smart and passionate professional with over 20 years of experience. She's been leading an amazing effort at her company called Trax to involve developers in their quality processes. In today's episode, we cover quite a lot of great points related to test automation. For example, what is needed to create useful automation? How can you be sure to make the best decision when choosing a tool? We also discussed the hidden cost of open source solutions, skills needed for automation, and so much more. Now, over to the interview. Hello, Katia. How are you doing? Hello, Federico. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? Uh, fine. Thank you. And um, I'm very excited to have you here in the show. Thank you so, so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, something that I like to mention is how we met, because uh, I'm always amazed by the opportunities we can get from networking, and especially from all the communities out there. And this time with you particularly, um, we got introduced by Tristan Lombard from Testim, the community ma manager of Testim. And uh, well, you know, he, he's great. And there is something special with all the introductions that, that he, 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 he makes, you know, and here we are. Sharing. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you. Uh, Tristan is uh, doing a great job. And uh, for me, testing community is like a stack overflow for automation domain, I would say. Because in the absence of other automation authorities in our company, I'm endlessly grateful for having this opportunity to, to increase my level of expertise by uh, exchanging experiences with uh, people across the globe who actually deal with the same similar challenges. So yeah. it's uh, very yeah. high, highly appreciated. So tell me, Katia, to, for, for starters, um, how did you end up working in software testing? Well, I started my career as a software engineer in back in 2000, and uh, I went through various experiences, such as uh, developing solutions and uh, working with the end users of company products, and uh, I led the implementation and support team, and so on until I eventually discovered Automation Domain back in uh, 2011, 10 years from now, which I'm passionate about since then. Okay, perfect. I, I like to start talking about our uh, main topic today, how to establish effective test automation. When Tristan told me about you and your background and your experience, I thought that this is worth sharing, you know, it's it, because we all want to take the most out of our uh, automa test automation efforts. And it's not about only selecting the right tool or hiring someone to do the job, right? So what about if you start by telling us uh, about your team, your testing processes, and maybe how the, how the automation takes part of, of your test strategy? Sure. So maybe I'll start with the, my company first. So Trax is a world leader in computer vision solutions for retail. 
And uh, as in many other software companies, uh, with uh, software updates being released on an ongoing basis, uh, not only the new features must be verified each time the software is released, but we should also make sure that uh, the existing functionality is not damaged, right? As, which means that the further we go, the more we have to test. And uh, naturally, manual testing just uh, can sustain this fast-growing scale and allow frequent releases. So this is why I think automation has essential role in performing those uh, repetitive and time-consuming and uh, human error-prone scenarios. So this is uh, this is how it's, it, it, it is the central part of our testing strategy. Okay, perfect. So what do we need to create this automation? Well, uh, first, uh, I think we should probably define what useful automation is, what, what is actually what we call effective automation. And I'd say the main pillars in regards to the feedback automation should provide are, uh, first, it should be reliable. I, I heard your interview uh, with the bus Dijkstra who was talking about the yeah. false negative and false positives. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with him. I mean, we can't afford false positives uh, or false, false negatives. Our reports should be as reliable as possible. Otherwise, everyone will just lose automation, uh, lose trust in automation and will miss our goal. But other than uh, not reporting like false alarms, we should only report actionable items. Uh, and I mean that if, if there is a, some temporary network error or something like that, or some bug in a test, uh, and it doesn't really lead to any action items, then it shouldn't be reported. Either we should create a workaround uh, in the test or the bug should be fixed and then it, it's an actionable item. Uh, but it should be as reliable as possible. Otherwise, there's there's no point in it. The second point uh, I'd okay. like to mention, uh, in order for everyone to be able to understand the reports, uh, we should provide automation, which is easy to understand. Okay, so in order for the issues to be resolved as soon as possible, anyone should be able to understand the report the report automation provides. So for example, if a certain developer uh, commits his code and automation runs and reports an error, and if he needs me to uh, be available to understand the report, it's not really that, that efficient. But if we provide tools which are easy to understand, they're readable, there are screenshots, there are logs, and it's uh, it's clear for everyone what, what have happened, what has happened and uh, how to fix it, then there's no QA bottleneck in the middle. And the issue can be resolved faster. This is first. And second, automation people can be free to add more coverage in the meanwhile. So it's actually, there are only benefits that come from this approach. Yeah. So I, reliability, I would say, is the first thing. Uh, ease of understanding is another thing. And definitely automation should be stable. Okay, so it, it should work on an ongoing basis and also over time. Because sometimes it's uh, it's quite easy to create uh, several tests which run and everything is fine. But when you have thousands of them or even more, uh, it's easy to lose control over all of these uh, tests. And uh, if 
you know, we spend a lot of time on maintaining our tests instead of adding more and more coverage, then it's not stable. It won't serve us over time. Okay, and de definitely, as, as you've already mentioned, it should be helpful not only for testers but and developers, but also for, I would say, all involved stakeholders. Even product managers should be able to understand what happened and uh, like team leaders and so on. So yeah, the, the faster we detect uh, the regression, the faster we can fix it. Yeah, and, and related to, to how to communicate, to, how to make a, a report easy to understand, uh, what I found in my experience is that sometimes it's even the, the way you name the test cases, right? Absolutely. Even with these small details, you can make a huge impact in the efficiency of uh, understanding. Absolutely. Our uh, tests should be readable. This is one of the most important things in order to allow these uh, reports uh, to be self-explanatory. But also uh, there are some more uh, development concepts which should be followed in order to make automation uh, efficient. Uh, in general, I believe that automation should be considered as any other software project. And you should have the qualified staff or you should check if you can afford training them. And you should choose the best tool to assure uh, this clear, clear feedback upon test failure. And as a result, lead to a faster uh, recovery. The best With, tool. Yeah. That's easier said than done, right? How do yeah. you, how do you it, know which one is the best? Please. <laughs> the million dollar question, definitely. <laughs> so I'd say that it definitely depends on the nature of products your company provides. Uh, I mean, if it's hardware, then it can be uh, some tools which are different, which might not be compatible for software testing. Even if it's software testing, your applications might be web applications or mobile applications, desktops, and so on. You can test what maybe you want to test APIs and so on. So there are so many tools out there. Uh, part of them are coded and part of them are codeless and there are open source tools and commercial tools. Some of them are external and the other company build in-house tools. There's lots of them. And I would say there is no one size fits all approach. Um, I'd say to, to find the most appropriate tool for your needs. First, you should define your goals. Do you expect uh, the results to be provided in the short run or in the long run? Maybe if you expect it to be uh, in the short run, maybe you don't even need automation because you can easily achieve it with manual effort, manual testing, and it will be cheaper. Uh, second, you need, to, you need to know the solutions available in the market. And there's uh, lots of articles uh, uh, um, comparing most popular tools. For example, if we talk about uh, web applications, there are like comparison tables for uh, Selenium versus uh, Playwright, Puppeteer, Cypress, and, and so on. And uh, definitely be aware of the common pain points. Uh, you know, many companies face the same automation pain points. So if you, if you know what they are, it would be easier to overcome them. And finally, know your resources. Do, you, do your testers uh, have the required development skills? Can you invest in training? And so on. 
I think answering these questions uh, will help finding the best value for money, most appropriate to everyone's so, particular needs. According to what you just say, is like selecting the tool is is really dependent on your test strategy, right? So first, you have to define the whole test strategy. How do you want to test your your system, and then according to that, you understand what you need in in a testing tool and then you can choose it in a in a better way right right and also know your resources because uh, it's important who is going to implement it can can you can you eventually yeah. uh, implement this uh, tool or not so what uh, what tool which tool did you your team uh, decided to to use after using selenium for several years uh, last year we switched to testing uh, which is a com commercial automation framework. Uh, and testing allowed us to establish and maintain uh, effective automation uh, for our web applications. Uh, in the very high level, the effort is uh, divided between uh, trucks and testing in a way that we focus on covering our business flows and testing take care of all the rest. Okay, they deal with lots of indirect automation issues such as uh, automation framework configurations and uh, dockers, images, managing different code libraries, versions, and so on, all the environment maintenance issues. Um, and I think one of the main common automation pain points different companies uh, face is that this part takes, takes time. And uh, from my experience, the time that was left for really authoring tests when I had to deal with all these around automation uh, headache uh, was about 20% of my time. 20%? Okay? And something like that for, for really authoring tests, which could have brought actual value to my company. Yeah. Okay, so just think about it. So many companies deal with the same common infrastructure issues. Doesn't it make sense to take it out of their scope and just deliver it to some external experts? By the way, the cost is not necessarily higher if you consider the total cost of ownership, which uh, you know, which make open source tools not really free, as they their name might imply. Yeah, it could, it the could benefit be considered as a, sorry to interrupt you, but it could be considered as a hidden cost of the open source solutions, right? Yeah, absolutely, open source tools are not free if you consider the all the all, all the cost that is uh, implied. But in, in our case, when we uh, started working with testing, I think the benefit is, is obvious. Uh, our safety net grows incomparably faster because we really, we are focused on covering more and more uh, our customers' flows. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. And uh, also related to, to testing, uh, I know there is a difference between uh, coded and codeless uh, automation tools. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there are... There are different solutions providing uh, so-called uh, codeless automation testing, promising uh, creating automation in the blink of an eye. 
And this approach is usually based on uh, the record and replay technique. You just yeah, you record can... and play, and that's it, right? You have all right. the information ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever you, whatever you do in your browser has been recorded, and you can then replay the scenario, and it's like your automation is ready in, like, in a second. It sounds like a charm. Is it really like this? So I'm, I'm not a big believer of such tools. From my experience, they don't really prove themselves in the long run in terms of uh, return of investment. Uh, recording can only be a helpful start point, but then it must be followed by enhancing the test to become more generic, built from uh, reusable components uh, in order to allow going fast, even after having hundreds of tests. Okay, and if, if, if we use, for example, if we use reusable components and something changes in our application, we don't need to adjust all those dozen of tests. We just uh, fix one, one uh, shared component and all the tests are adjusted. It's like the minimum effort, but you need to invest at the beginning in development in order to save on maintenance. Okay. Um... You know, I can maybe just to add to the, your question about uh, the open source tools that we were discussing. I, I, I'm not, I'm not against the open source tools in general. Some of them are great and we use them as well. For example, we use SOAP UI uh, for our API testing because I think some tools might be overkill for certain needs. Uh, but when it comes to automation testing of web applications, from my experience, you know, do, do it the right way. Yeah. I truly believe that to bring value to my company, it was most effective to hand over all the additional uh, efforts to, to test him, uh, for them to take care of it and uh, to, to get real focus on whatever is related to our business flows. So we are uh, talking about costs of the software testing tool, but thinking about the automation, do you really think uh, that the test automation is bringing you some uh, savings? So, so do you see a return of the investment in, in your test automation efforts, considering all the costs that you are paying today? Well, yeah, not only does it reduce testing costs, but I think it also uh, increases testing efficiency because uh, automation resolves human bottleneck. The manual testing effort can concentrate on uh, human intelligence related flows where people definitely do better than machines. Uh, so yeah, but having said that, uh, from my experience with different automation tools in the past, I wholeheartedly believe that automation is not an magic. As we said, you can just record the scenario and, uh, and have uh, thousands of effective tests. It just won't work. To be efficient, it requires investment. There's no way to avoid it, as we discussed, even if it is an open source tool. So the return on investment in automation comes in a long run. Okay, It can only be beneficial when it is considered uh, with the, with the, you know, seriously. Uh, and the, all the uh, software project uh, concepts apply. So you have uh, the staff who can who can do it, uh, who have the technical background to do it. And uh, they're like all, all, the, all the rules apply to automation as to any other uh, software project. But when approached correctly, I do believe 
the automation testing makes significant impact on uh, delivering higher quality software in a shorter time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, is there something else you, is there something else we should take into account um, when selecting a tool for test automation? Yeah, so we were talking about the self-explanatory reporting with the, some helpful framework features which might be related to screenshots taken for uh, upon failures. And by the way, sometimes it's very helpful when uh, screenshots are taken not only for the failed steps, but also for the succeeded steps, because sometimes it's very helpful for troubleshooting to go back uh, several steps and to see that the flow went uh, in a non-expected way. Uh, so a reporting reporting is uh, is key. Uh, you know, if you can uh, get some browser logs to get more information for developers to understand the issue or some troubleshooting tools, uh, this will be definitely very helpful. But other than the the reporting, I would say the learning curve is uh, also very important uh, in regards to the handover to other people, because uh, I think it's quite important that to make sure that uh, automation doesn't die after your automation developer leaves the company. And I've seen so many cases uh, <laughs> that it happens and it's, it's so sad because so much was invested in it. So the tool also should be easy to use. If you want to involve developers in your testing process, you can't give them Selenium. It just won't work. They they want something that, that will be efficient and fast. Okay, so if you intend to make automation uh, like everyone's asset, think about the ease of use of the tool that you're choosing. And definitely low maintenance is also very important. And when we talk about low maintenance, it's not just the tool that can take care of it, but it's also the best practices that should be followed by the people who create automation. And, uh, you know, what else? Maybe integration with some external tools like uh, the CI CD. In our case, we use Jenkins. And so uh, our automation runs based on different triggers that we have uh, defined. Some, some pipelines run uh, on a nightly basis, some of them run on uh, before committing the code or deploying to integration environment or to production environment, or even on demand if you want to test something uh, right now. And it's important to revise these triggers in terms of uh, frequency and the contents mm -hmm. to assure best potential coverage at lowest cost. So just make sure that whatever runs is, is, is the contents that that you, I mean, don't run all the hundreds of tests upon each commit because it will take time and it will delay the, you know, the committing the code and uh, it, it creates some smaller sanity smoke uh, suites which which would run uh, in this case. So in a, each trigger should should run re the relevant tests on a relevant uh, frequency and on a relevant environment. So I would say this is yet another way to make automation efficient. We, for example, in trucks, we have uh, our daily dashboards, which are based on automation pipeline statuses. Uh, and we have a short summary of areas where regressions were detected, followed by a list of open issues. So this, for example, is a final stage of our automation lifecycle. 
from scenario recording through the yeah, through the all those test enhancements, executions, regression detection, and uh, to action items. Actually, what yeah. regression was detected, let's prioritize and fix it. How do you? What's what's your criteria to divide the different test cases and decide when to run each of them in your pipelines? So uh, upon let's say upon committing uh, a certain change, only the maybe the relevant uh, tests related to this particular area should run, um, and. In addition, we run once a day, actually uh, at night, we run all our tests. And so in the morning, so the, the maximum delay is, uh, is a day. In the morning, we can see all those regressions which were detected uh, as part of uh, you know, yesterday commits. Okay. Define the areas and what can be impacted. So this will make the best contents uh, you know, to be applied wherever relevant. Cool. And I, I'd say, you know, I would add another thing. Uh, share, sharing knowledge is, is so important to prevent double work when you, when you develop uh, different uh, reusable components. Uh, sh share it. Tell people that this is what you, you, you did and others can use it. It would prevent double work and it will uh, increase professional level of everyone. Conduct code reviews with people. No matter which tool you eventually choose, I think communication is a crucial part of success. Yeah, this 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 type of practices like uh, code reviews and, and things like these are, are I think that I really believe that test automators should also uh, take into account because it, it's a, a way to improve many things that you just mentioned, like yes. uh, the make them easy to understand, easy to to read, uh, more maintainable and. So many benefits. Uh, this is this is yeah, key. and learn from one another. Yeah. 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 So another thing that you mentioned at the at the beginning that I really find very interesting is that uh, you need qualified staff for doing the the test automation, yes. right? So can you tell me which skills are required for for this type of activities? Yeah, so as I said, it's important to understand that technical background is a must to achieve success in automation project. Uh, and you don't have to be an expert in front, front end or back end uh, uh, software engineering, but in order to be scalable, following the concepts of programming basics is essential in order to be able to always extend the coverage rather than spending time on uh, test maintenance upon uh, application changes. So I would mention a few examples like of those basic concepts. As I've already said, they grouping several steps into reusable components or functions uh, if we're talking about code, so that uh, the further you go, the less you need to record. You just pull out uh, your existing functions from your repository and you're ready to go. So the the later tests take even less time to, to create. Uh, conditions and loops, you should know what these are because you, you, you'll eventually need to use them. Uh, uh, defining parameters to make our functions uh, more dynamic. And as we already discussed, read, readability and simplicity. We should make our reports easier to follow. This is one of our most important goals and, and new tests faster to create. 
So the, the main goal is to get back to fixing tests as less as possible. This is how I would put it. Mm -hmm. Have, having said that, it can be learned. In our case, I can share that our initial intention was uh, to involve our manual QA engineers um, in automation effort. So we were looking for more intuitive solution for uh, non-coding experts. And uh, we had a remote training, training uh, to our uh, QA engineers in Sri Lanka. And uh, I must admit, the results are remarkable. Nice. So it can be learned. It's not that you have to find the, those experts. If you can afford in training, if you have someone who can teach them and you have the time to invest into it, it can bring you the value. Other than technical background, uh, they probably need to have the testing expertise, of course, uh, such as being able to prioritize correctly and uh, understand the customer orientation, like have customer orientation to understand customer needs. Uh, we should, they should be able to work with various interfaces, with the product, understand product uh, um, definitions, with developers, with testers, with everyone around. You should also know that not everything is worth automating. So you should always keep in mind what would be mo most efficient. Is it worth the investment or is it easier to do manually? So, and definitely availability is one of the most important things because uh, I, I, I've seen so many times when manual testers try to do automation in their spare time like let's do manual testing because it's it's urgent now because we have a release we don't have time now to to re, uh, to invest in authoring tests and when we'll have time let's just add another test to two it, it doesn't work because manual testing will always be most important most urgent most easy to do right now but to, to create automation you preferably should do it 100% of your uh, of your position and Passion, definitely. You should be, you should be passionate about automation. Uh, you, sh you should be curious to learn new things, to you know, to improve, to think what's what's uh, what's worth the effort, what's not. There are so many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and these are yeah. There, there are more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes so something that I typically discuss with with colleagues is that what what is e easier. To, to teach testing to a good programmer or to teach test automation to a tester who already loves and, and is passionate about software testing. Because there are certain things in the mindset of a tester that are really hard to, to, to teach to people who loves programming and coding, you know? That's right. Yeah. Sometimes this is also perceived as a like a downgrade from yeah. from programming to testing, which is wrong, which I don't think it's 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 right. Uh, but it's, it's a matter of uh, philosophy, I would say. I, I think that if you have a person who is a testing expert and he has the basic technical background and he has the passion, it will work. And we proved it. In our case, we proved it. We have uh, automation people who started as uh, QA engineers, and today they are adding automation coverage at a very high level, which I'm absolutely Amazing. proud of. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And, and, and also, 
I think this is something great about the codeless solutions because it's a easier way to start with test automation when you are a tester maybe without a degree in computer science. And in, in our experience, what we typically do is to have a, a, an engineer to review the, the, the different test scripts of the more junior test automators. Because this is the way that, that we found very efficient to teach and train by doing, uh, by experimenting, and also to you know, foster the best practices and to apply the, the best practices in, in all the, the test automation projects. I can tell you that the, in, in our company, developers have started to uh, use testing for adding automation as well. So it definitely can be good for both. You can have a, a software engineer uh, background and you can have a testing background. As long as you're curious about this uh, field, about quality, and you have the tools which allow you to do it efficiently and fast uh, and quickly, uh, it will work. So currently we have both QA engineers and developers adding automation, which makes it you know, much, much more beneficial for the company overall. Yeah, collaboration and learning one from each other. And yeah, I believe that quality amazing. is everyone's responsibility. Yeah, totally. So, do you have any other consideration to make automation efforts more uh, beneficial? Uh, well, I strongly believe that automation developers' responsibility is uh, not testing. <laughs> mm -hmm. It might sound uh, weird, but I think it is rather providing tools. I call it automation for all approach. So as I said today, our developers use testing as well. And this way, increasing quality of our deliverables because becomes everyone's asset. And as I said, quality is everyone's responsibility. And I think automation people are there to make it accessible. Okay, release the analysis bottleneck, invest in more coverage wisely, in more solid infrastructure, build those tools let people use it, make them efficient. This, this is the main, the main idea of being an automation developer, the way I see it. Cool, really nice. I have a couple of final questions for you because we, I think we could continue talking about test automation for hours. Absolutely. <laughs> but one of my final questions is um, if you have any book to suggest uh, the listeners to read, uh, not related to uh, high-tech technology? Be, yeah, it could be any any kind of book. Uh, well, for me, The Little Prince is the book of all times. Every time I come back to this book, I discover some new idea. Why isn't it simplicity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Read it again and you'll find something new. It's, uh, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, what about habits? Do you have any habits um, that you think improves your productivity? Uh, well, you know, life is intense. I would say know yourself and uh, find your work-life balance. Uh, I can share that for me, working from home revealed opportunities to invest in uh, hobbies. One of them is I started practicing yoga. And I think uh, even when we don't have too much time, Starting a day with uh, like five or 10 minutes morning stretches helps setting intentions for the day. 
and uh, maybe even gradually obtain the balance to perceive challenges as uh, opportunities. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you identify some uh, way you have to improve your sense for quality? Uh, I believe that continuous learning and curiosity are key. Maybe one of my practical suggestions would be find your most relatively quiet times. We're all busy, but, uh, you know, I found that uh, we in Israel, we start our work week on Sundays. So I, I found Sundays is a most relatively quiet times for me. So devote several days, like you can even do it bi-weekly or monthly, whatever works for you, but devote it to learning something new, which you find interesting. For me personally, realizing that what I do makes a positive impact is uh, what motivates me to strive to efficiency. Uh, but, you know, I have to admit that having said that, one of the biggest lessons I learned and uh, I would say still learning is that uh, perfectionism is not a good friend in uh, this dynamic world full of changes, requirements, urgencies that we all live in, especially in the last year. Yeah. So yeah, to be efficient, we should be able to recognize where, when things are good enough and it's time to stop improving and move on. So I'd say try things, ask questions, dare to make mistakes, learn your lessons and go on. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. When we start enjoying the way, rather than uh, struggling to achieve milestones, we find out that we love what we do and we do what we love. Isn't this real happiness? Wow, Katia, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> really, just think about it. It, it. it applies to work, it applies to life, to anything. Yeah, totally, totally. And maybe many times we are so worried about doing the things in a perfect way that we get paralyzed and uh, maybe... I don't know, anxiety and, and so many bad things appear. So start practicing yoga. Yeah, <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katya. Amazing interview. I really, I really enjoy talking with you. Is there anything you would like to invite our listeners to do? Yes, I encourage everyone to join the testing community. Uh, that we mentioned at the beginning. Uh, and you don't have to be a testing customer to learn and share there. There are different uh, various automation expert panels being held on an ongoing basis, which you can join and just uh, gain some expertise. Really highly recommended source for professional growth. And uh, feel free to reach out to me if you feel like it on uh, LinkedIn. Should you have any further questions or need any advice on automation best practices, I'd be happy to share. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you again. And I hope to talk to you soon again. Thank you very much, Federico. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye, Katia. Okay. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues, or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios, amigos.